Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Chicago's Afternoon News, 720 WGN. I'm Lisa Dent. On the phone is Kelly Bagby. She is the Vice President of Litigation for the AARP Foundation. Kelly, you're a lawyer. You're a litigator. This is what you do for a living. And when I saw the lawsuit about the Alden nursing homes, and you said you were genuinely shocked, I thought that really means something because I would assume that you've seen it all. That's true. And it, I was definitely shocked when I went through the medical records for the clients that are in our lawsuit um, from Alden. Okay, so the suit was filed in Cook County Circuit Court on behalf of 11 nursing home residents who are remaining anonymous. They range in age from 26 to 82. They're all on Medicaid. And Alden is a for-profit nursing facility network, but it's owned by one person and that person's family, correct? Yes, it's owned by the family and it's Alden and then Alden Management Services and then each of the facilities has some combination of family members owning each one. And, And this is just a lawsuit about 11 nursing homes, but they own a whole network because I think there was one in Rockford at one point that my grandpa was in. No, really? Yeah. Well, they have about 40 facilities in Illinois and some in Wisconsin. Okay, so here's one of the statements that I read that horrifies me. It says, residents have fallen downstairs while strapped to a wheelchair. This is in the lawsuit. Fractured their neck when dropped by one person using a mechanical lift that requires two people and ingested poisonous chemicals due to lack of care and supervision. That's frightening for anyone who has a loved one in a nursing home. What else is in that lawsuit that would be eye-opening to all of us? Well, there was a lot of um, what's known as chemical restraints. Um, People who are given serious and dangerous antipsychotic drugs when they have a diagnosis of dementia. Um, Those drugs can be lethal when given to a person who has dementia. Um, And so we saw a lot of that. We saw a lot of malnutrition and dehydration. Saw several people who had undiagnosed illnesses that had they been diagnosed properly, they they could have survived. Um, You know, one gentleman who had cancer in the back of his throat and he was eating for, for months, months, literally. And um, they documented that he wasn't eating, but they never evaluated why. And in, when, when you go through the records, and eventually you see that he had, a can- he had a tumor in the back of his throat that was big enough for somebody to see with the naked eye. So it, those, these are kind of things that you should never see anywhere, but certainly not in a facility that's being paid to care for vulnerable people who many of whom can't communicate their pain and their struggle um and that's the job of the nursing facility that's why they're being paid and alden village north are they a part of this lawsuit because i know they care for children and adults with developmental disabilities many of them cannot speak on their behalf so they're they're a part of this as well they are they're one of the facilities that we focused on And, and they have had you know a telescope put on them before. I, I think there was a Tribune investigation in 2010, and they found that eight residents had died there. 
and they've been receiving citations. Why are they still open? Well, it's an interesting story that um, my co-counsel, Barry Taylor, from Cook for Equality, told today. Um, his organization, who, again, are our co-counsel for this class um, in the current case, he his organization um, did a full investigation, showed all the dangerous conditions, showed all the deaths, and they worked with the state, and the state just wasn't able to, the state intended to get them closed, but wasn't able to get them closed. But the, and I think there had been a tiny period where things had maybe improved a little bit, I don't know, but right now things are not improved there, and some of the worst, some of the worst things, most shocking things were what we saw there. But again, people, not everybody needs to be in a nursing facility, and certainly people who are cognitively impaired it is a very confusing and scary place for them to be. So it really should be, uh, you know, not a place where we're warehousing people who have intellectual disabilities or as people, we shouldn't be warehousing any vulnerable people in these nursing facilities because they're not getting adequate care there. We shouldn't be keeping them there and we should be considering community alternatives for each and every one of them. Kelly Bagby is a vice president of litigation for the AARP Foundation and there's a lawsuit that alleges Alden nursing homes have been providing inadequate staff and care, leading to injuries, illness. I mean, what's in this lawsuit would make your skin crawl. Some of the things we're hearing is, well, it's just hard to listen to. And I just feel that these are the people who are most vulnerable and need representation. Will this lawsuit expand beyond the 11 nursing facilities in Cook County? Because I've got to imagine if something is happening here, it's happening at their other facilities as well. Well, already today, you know, it's only been less than 12 hours since we filed. We've already heard from people in other facilities. So it is possible that it will expand. We just are trying to, we're trying to make sure that people understand they have rights beyond what I think people have understood they have. I mean, I think it's become far too acceptable in not just in Alden facilities, but in facilities around the country to just accept understaffing and to say, oh, it's COVID or, you know, it's just hard to get workers. If, If nursing facilities cannot staff these facilities properly, and the same is true of assisted living facilities and other kinds of facilities, they shouldn't be accepting residents. That's just pure and simple. They exist for one purpose, to safely serve people. If they can't do it, then they shouldn't be accepting residents. And did residents sign agreements that limited liability? They signed agreements that limited access to court, not necessarily liability. But once you once you sign an agreement that limits your access to court, it in essence does mean you can't secure an, a finding that the, the facility is liable. So... These agreements, we believe, violate public policy and that they, um, in, for a, a series of reasons, but not the least of which, these are the these are the poorest of the poor people, most vulnerable people. And in order, the agreement themselves say that they have to have like roughly $2,000 to be able to even access the arbitration process, which is an inadequate process in and of itself. But these are these are people who are on Medicaid they surrender all of their Social Security checks or whatever else they have to the facility. They're left with $30 in a month. So there's no chance they could arbitrate because they don't, they simply don't have the resources. But Alden knows that. And so they've, these agreements, in essence, just chill access to any kind of way to 
seek redress when your rights are violated. It's frightening for anyone who is facing that in the future or if you have loved ones in these facilities. I've been in them. I've, I've cared for loved ones. I've watched loved ones pass in facilities like this. And I just hope that AARP is going to continue to monitor this and file lawsuits when needed because we just can't leave the most vulnerable elderly people or children or people with developmental disabilities in the hands of companies that do not take good care of them. What about the employees? Are employees not stepping up and saying, hey, this is going on? Well, we had a number of, of former employees um, who, who did, <laughs> some of them did step up and then were fired for stepping up. And so they they spoke to us during the course of our investigation and, and explained to us what they efforts they had attempted to do to seek redress. I mean, it's a dangerous place for employees to work when they're understaffed because they just can't, like the poor person who who dropped that person who ended up breaking their neck. That's a terrible thing to have on your conscience. But you didn't have a second person to do that Hoyer lift and somebody, you know, broke their neck as a consequence. That's a horribly traumatic thing for the staff as well. Um, one thing I did want to make a point that you just made uh, that is that these arbitration agreements, these admission agreements, families and residents should um, actively cross out the provisions they disagree with. If you see a provision that says you must agree to arbitration and it's part of the admission agreement, there's no reason you, you and actually under the law, you're completely within your rights to just cross that provision out. You don't need to be bound by that. What happens if Alden files bankruptcy or shuts down? Where do these people go? Well, I, I'm hoping that Alden will not um, even consider doing something like that because they've undertaken a sacred trust to serve the individuals that they have in their facilities, and they need to um, they need to make true on their promises. So, I think the better pathway for them is to figure out a staffing model that actually allows them to meet the needs of every person on every shift, and then they can continue in business. And that's not it's not. Uh, it's not an unreasonable thing to say that you will live up to the promises you made in your license and in your admission agreement. And you should have a business model that allows you to do that without declaring bankruptcy. Thank you for joining us, Kelly. We'll be following this lawsuit closely. Thank you. Lisa Dent, WGN.